Welcome to the Parsha Perspective. Each week, we will delve deep in a weekly Torah portion to find a practical and insightful way to enhance your daily life. Thank you for tuning in. My name is Rabbi Shalom Yemini, and each week we'll look into the weekly Torah portion to find practical and insightful ways to enhance your daily life. This week's Parsha Perspectives in honor of the Rafua Shalema of Racham Aleya Bas Sarah, may she and all those who need experience a quick and speedy recovery. This week's Parsha Perspectives in loving memory of Leah Min Shabbat Sakh of Yasef, Edward Ben Ephraim, Shlomo Ben Edward, and Yochamir Daniel Ben Gedalia. May the souls be uplifted and may the memories be a blessing. This week's Parsha Perspective is also in merit of the Holy Orachim HaKadosh, Rav Chaim Ben Atar, one of the commentaries I quote frequently. Earlier this week on Tuesday, on the 15th of Tammuz, we observed his Yorzeit, the anniversary of his passing. Rav Chaim Ben Atar, known as the Orachim, was an exceptional scholar and renowned Kabbalist and one of the few people bestowed with the title HaKadosh, the Holy, in recognition of his greatness. His commentary, the Orachim, meaning the light of life, embodies his unique qualities. It is both analytical and relevant while diving deep into profound mystical concepts. He passed away on Shabbos in 1743, less than a year after arriving in the Holy Land of Israel. He is buried on Harazesim in the Mount of Olives in Yerushalayim. Lastly, the release date of this episode coincides with the fast day known as Shiva Asr Batamas, the 17th of Tamas. This day marks the beginning of the three-week mourning period for the destruction of Yushalayim and both Beis HaMikdash, both temples. May this fast be the last one in Gullus in exile and leading up to the joyous celebration of the ultimate redemption with the coming of Mashiach. This week's Torah portion is Parshas Pinchas, Defender of Faith. Our Parsha begins with Pinchas, the grandchild of Aaron Akoin, receiving the reward for killing Zimri, the head of the tribe of Shimon. Zimri was publicly consorting with a Midianite princess, so Pinchas took a spear and ended both their lives. The reward bestowed upon Pinchas for his actions was the Kohana, was the priesthood. The Talmud explains that when God anointed Aaron and his four sons as priests, the appointment was intended for Aaron and all his future descendants. Since Pinchas was already alive at the time of their anointing, he did not receive the priesthood himself. However, a question comes to mind. At the beginning of our Parsha, the Torah mentions the names of the two people that Pinchas killed, Zimri and Kazbi. Yet the Torah does not mention their names at the end of last week's Parsha when Pinchas actually killed them both. The Pasuk writes over there, a Jewish man brought a Midianite princess in view of Moshe and the nation who were weeping at the entrance of the Mishkan. Pinchas, the son of Elazar, the son of Aaron, the high priest, saw what was happening and took a spear. He followed the man into the chamber and stabbed both of them, the Jewish man and the Midianite woman. Now my question is, why does the Torah specifically withheld their names when describing the story of their public sin and subsequent demise? What purpose is being served by revealing their names at the beginning of our Torah portion? Rashi, Rav Shlomo Yitzchaki, the leading Torah commentary, gives a simple explanation. He quotes the Medrash Tanchuma that states that when the lineage of a righteous individual is mentioned, it is an expression of praise and honor. Similarly, he adds, that when the lineage of an evil person is mentioned, it serves to intensify the level of shame and the level of disgrace associated with their name. Rashi explains that at the conclusion of last week's Torah portion, there was no need to further amplify the shame and disgrace that Zimri has already brought upon himself. His public transgression with the Midianite princess had far-reaching consequences for his tribe and his entire nation and therefore the Torah merely alludes to his identity, allowing his actions to speak for themselves. 
However, the holy Rav Chaim ben Atar, the holy Orachim HaKadosh, gives a deeper and more profound explanation. He answers that the Torah specifically mentions their names to underscore the courage, to underscore the bravery exhibited by Pinchas in his decisive act. In full view of the public, Pinchas killed the leader of a powerful tribe and a princess of a mighty nation regardless of the potential repercussions. According to the Arachim, by detailing the reward that Pinchas received for his actions, the Torah conveys the courage it took to eliminate Zimri and Kazbi. While others stood as mere spectators, Pinchas stepped forward to defend God's honor. The Pasuk at the end of last week's Torah portion describes the reaction of the people upon witnessing Zimri bringing Kazbi into his tent. A Jewish man brought a Midianite woman, says the Pasuk, in view of Moshe and the nation, who were just weeping at the entrance of the Mishkan. Those who witnessed this disgusting act were shocked by the audacity of the tribal leader committing such a grave sin without apparent shame. However, Pinchas reacted differently. He saw a leader sinning and understood that he had to stand up and defend God's honor. The Aracham HaKadosh explains that the Torah mentions the name of Zimri and the name of Kazbi solely to honor and to extol Pinchas, because in truth their names are inconsequential to the narrative except for the fact that both held positions of leadership, Zimri as tribal leader and Kuzbi as a daughter of Balak the king of Midian. Despite the personal potential consequences or the political implications, Pinchas boldly took an action to end a serious desecration to God's holy name. And therefore the Torah includes their names to highlight his courage, his bravery, his unwavering resolve as he stood firm while others felt powerless. This profound lesson from the Orachim HaKadosh is ever more relevant as we embark on a three-week mourning period for the destruction of both temples of both Batim Mikdash. The Besim Mikdash housed the Shekhinah, the Divine Presence manifest through the smoke on Mizbech on the altar. And as we mourn their destruction, we must reaffirm our belief and our trust in God and proclaim that God is one to the entire world. In our daily life, it is imperative that we understand that it takes nothing to stand on the sidelines with the rest of the masses, but it takes real courage and determination to defend your beliefs and values to an ever-growing opposition. But in those moments, your true self comes out and your soul's potential shines bright. There's a powerful quote from my Lord Jonathan Sachs. As the tide of doubt rises, we have a responsibility to be steadfast ambassadors of God's light reminding the world of the profound beauty and meaning that lies within a life of religious devotion. Have a great weekend and a good Shabbos. Thank you for tuning in to The Parsha Perspective. Check out our website, theparshaperspective.com. Send thoughts and comments to theparshaperspective at gmail.com. Till next time, thanks for listening. Mm-hmm.